spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Father, I want to thank you for your love and for what you're doing. You're so awesome. You're so great. The universe, everything that you've made, they speak of your glory and your greatness. And we are your children, oh God. Minister to us today. Prepare our hearts. We are preparing our hearts to receive from you so that our lives can be transformed. That's who you are. You can do great things. You can transform our lives today. You can use us in this present world. In Jesus' name, amen. Some preacher said, there are no enemies in this world. It says, every man's ignorance is your enemy. You don't have any enemy. What your greatest enemy is your ignorance. Ignorance doesn't mean that you're dumb. It just means you don't have information. You don't have truth. Because Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you're bound, the reason you're bound is because you don't know the truth. Once you come about the truth, no one can keep you down. So your ignorance is the problem. So Jesus tells us in John 8:32, and you shall know the truth, the truth will make you free. Notice he didn't say Jesus will make you free. Jesus is the truth. But once you come about the truth, you're going to be free. And so we're talking about um, spiritual gifts today because it's important, especially for those of us that are saved. I don't know about you, but for so long in my early days as a Christian, I wanted to understand spiritual gifts. I wanted to see a supernatural act right before my eyes. I didn't want the ordinary stuff. I grew up with that. I grew up with witch doctors doing stuff. And some of it was supernatural. I'm not kidding you. I've actually been in a place where they were cutting somebody with machete. I mean, that thing was as sharp as you can, see, you can have it. And that thing would bounce off their bodies. And they were using voodoo power. I saw that with my own eyes. I was right there. The guy turned around and said, can I do that on you? I said, not me. If that thing does work, you're going to cut me in half. And I love to live. So don't do it. But he did it right before my eyes to a young man. And it confused me as a person. What's, what's the power behind this, you know, that these people can do this? How could they do this? You've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. Maybe you haven't seen it yet, but growing up in Africa, I saw a lot of it. It was hard to explain what voodoo doctors can do. And so when I became a Christian, I knew that God is bigger than the voodoo doctor, and I needed to see something more powerful than what I had seen with the voodoo doctor. And I've told this story here where my family, they didn't 
they didn't like uh, me becoming saved. And um, they thought to take me to a voodoo doctor uh, to put some spell over my life uh, so that I stopped going to church. I've shared that with you. I can't go into that this morning. But I was excited to go to a voodoo doctor. Man, I'm going to show him the power of Jesus. He's got nothing against me, uh, nothing that will touch my life. And I, I, was, I sat in his presence. And a lot of people go to that voodoo doctor because he was able to do things to them. But I knew I had a greater power. And I stood before him and I said, listen, sir, I don't have any problem. You have more troubles than I have, and, and, and I'll help you with the gospel. By the next day, the voodoo doctor was willing to get me out of his yard. Because he knew something powerful had taken place. Uh, I can't go into the story, but they had me in chains. True story, got people still alive, you can talk to them. They had me in chains, but the next morning, there was not a piece of chain on, my, on me. And the fellow knew there's something bigger than what I got. He said, take this boy away from my compound. That's the truth. That's the power of Jesus. Every time you come to church, you are coming into the supernatural. Amen. You are coming into the presence of Almighty God. He can do anything. The limiting factor is you. What you, can, what you allow and what you are willing to believe and what you know from the Word of God. That's the thing that's limiting God in your life. You should have no fear of anything because of what God has promised. And because I'm human, I constantly remind myself, God is. God is. God is. If no matter what I'm going through, I constantly remind myself, if there is a God, and I know there is a God, and if His, his Son is Jesus Christ, and I know His Son is Jesus Christ, and if He died on the cross for me, I know he died for me on the cross. I am okay. I'm good. Nothing can hurt me. Amen. That's the kind of faith we need to have in our God that pleases God. But when you come to God, you need to realize you are coming to a God that does supernatural things. And you as a Christian need to be open to supernatural acts in your life. Otherwise, you'll see nothing and you just be an ordinary Christian. I wanted the supernatural. I had read in the Bible how Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. I wanted to see something like that, right? Maybe you're not as curious as I am. I wanted to see it. I want, God, just let me be around when this happens. Or make it so I can stand close to the individual that's blind while they are praying and I'm staring at him and wondering. And then let me see him saying, I can see, I can see. I wanted to see that. Amen. I wanted the deaf ears open right before my eyes. From the days I was, you know, my early days as a Christian, 1975, I wanted to see that. I wanted to hear somebody prophesy in the name of Jesus. I wanted to hear words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I wanted all of these things. You should have these things in your heart. You are not ordinary. Remember, that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. That which is born of the spirit is what? 
You are spirit. And what kind of spirit are we talking about? The spirit from heaven, the spirit of God. You are of the spirit. That's supernatural. Don't settle just for the natural. Because God wants to take you to the supernatural. That's why Jesus came to get you from the ordinary to, into a realm with the, natural, the supernatural, that's why he says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Even though you find yourself sitting here on the earth in the mind of God, you're so high. <laughs> you're so high, way off there with the master. High above all principalities and powers. And all we see is everything in the natural. Once we can't understand it in the natural... <laughs> We start getting very afraid and getting very worried because we cannot understand it in the natural. But you are not a natural being. Amen? Yes, there's a part of you that's natural. But you are also a supernatural being because you have been born of what? The Spirit of God. But the Bible says, be it unto you a what? According to how you're believing. That's how you're going to experience it on the earth. If you don't believe it, God will let you live an ordinary life. But Paul says, why are you walking like just ordinary men? He was talking to the Corinthians. He said, you walk like mere men, ordinary men. Basically, he was saying, you're crazy. You're not not to walk that way. Walk like supernatural men. So when you come to Christ, you need to understand there is a part of Christ that is supernatural. Yes, you will experience things in the natural, but there is also the supernatural. And because you are supernatural, uh, supernatural, you should have hunger, just like you have hunger for food. You should have hunger for supernatural things. If we do hunger, you know, hunger for food. But God wants you to hunger for spiritual things, supernatural things. And if you have that, he says you are blessed. We have to have that. Now look, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you are a believer, I'm speaking to the believers mainly today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts, I do not, that God says, concerning the gifts now, I do not want you to be ignorant. God does not want you as a Christian to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. You need to know of them. You need to be part of them. You need to be partakers of the gifts. I do not want you to be ignorant. He seems like whenever God says, I don't want, us, want you to do something or be somewhere, that's what we really want to be. Ignorant. Afraid. Uh, I don't know anything about this spiritual thing that they are talking about. It's weird. You are the one that's weird. <laughs> These are not my words. This is God's own heart. God is saying, when it comes to spiritual gifts, as a child of God, I don't want you to be ignorant of it. You know, a minister said, if you bring 
a hundred pastors together. I mean, pastors. And ask them where in the Bible does it speak of spiritual gifts? Just ask them. They say, once that question goes out, you've lost 90% of them. They don't know where it's at. If you go further and ask them, what are these spiritual gifts? You lose another 5%. They don't know what they are. I hope I'm not losing you with that this morning. How many of the spiritual gifts that the Bible talk about? Do you know them? Well, if you don't, you are truly ignorant of God of something that God says He doesn't want you to be ignorant of. That should frighten you, right? God says, I don't want you to be ignorant, but you are ignorant. So the benefit of that thing, God won't want you to know of something that's not going to benefit you, right? He's going to benefit you. If he wants you to know something, that's something that's going to help you in life. And if you are ignorant of that thing, whatever it is, the benefit of it you will not enjoy. That's the way I think. I want to know what that is. When God says, I shouldn't be ignorant of it, I, I know I'm missing out on something that God wants me to have because I don't know what that is. I need to know what that is so I can get in the program. I got to know it. And if you're comfortable and not bothered by it, then what word from the mouth of God does, does bother you? You pick and choose which one you really want to be bothered, to be bothered by. And the one you don't care anything about? These are the things that are questions that, that we need to think about. He doesn't want you to be ignorant of these things. He wants you to know them. But not only knowing them, he wants you to partake of them. Because he's going to make your life better. You know, so shortly. But I had such an hunger for it. I was looking for anything. Just give me some information. I, I need to know what this is. I, I, I wanted to be around somebody that God's using, but not just to be around them. Let them tell me what's going on and how I can get in the program. Amen? I wanted to do that. I wanted to get in the program. If they're doing it, let me be around. But God went beyond that, where I had to see it with my own eyes. And by the grace of God, I am the one doing the ministry. And God's giving the gifts to people because I saw in his one, I'm going to do this thing. <coughs> I always like to practice. That's what it is. I got nothing to prove to anybody. You have nothing to offend me about nothing. I'm not going to prove anything to you. Whether you like the way I do it, you don't like I ain't studying you. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm not studying you. I'm studying him. I don't care what you think. I do what, what I see in the world. You're not going to be my judge. He is going to be my judge. That's what concerns me. So I got nothing to prove to anybody. So you, you see the world and then you act on the world. And God is so faithful. 
God is so faithful. Got a group of people. I started talking about this. Some of it was new to me. But I trusted God that if this is the word of God, God will confirm his word with what? Signs following. And that's exactly what he did. People received the gifts of the Spirit. People went out in the gifts of the Spirit. Those who, were not be, who had nothing, no knowledge about how to deal with demons, they would do it. And that's what I like. Because God wants every one of us to do that. Every one of us to do that. Do you remember what the word says? These signs shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer or not? Where do you stand? These signs follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. You are a believer. I am a believer. I don't need to be afraid of the devil. If you can cast out devil, the devil that you can cast out should be afraid of you because you got authority over him. But then you have Christians who say, the devil is in that place. Ooh, I'm not going in there. They're afraid. They are afraid of demonic manifestation. Something that God is giving you authority over, you are afraid. Why? Ignorance. That's why. As I continue in the message, you know, I, I, I honor people who are, who are spiritual people and great men of God and all of that. But my thing is, anyone can do it if you're willing to pay the price. The reason I'm not there is because I've not been willing to pay the price. If I'm willing to pay the price, I get there. It's just what you want. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. It's just what you want. He lets you have what you want. If that's where you want to be, he lets you stay there. That's where you want to be. But that's the truth of the word of God. <coughs> In verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, his God says that there are diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. There are differences of ministries. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. Or the way God operates. The way God does his things. He doesn't do his things. He does it through different individuals in different ways. Sometimes we narrow God. Put God in a box and say, well, if, if, if God doesn't do it the way I've seen God do it with this anointed man. Then whatever is going on is not anointed. Where you put him in a box. God walks through different individuals in different ways. You can't tell him this is the way he does it. He walks, he knows the individual, he knows the individual's comfort, and he knows what the individual's like or doesn't like, and he walks according to that individual. So you don't base, on, base what's happening in one man's ministry, compare it to another person, and say, well, if it's not happening this way, God is not there then you're really narrow-minded. You don't understand the things of God. God, doesn't, God wants you to be you. You don't have to build me. I think I tried it when I started ministry. I wanted to talk like T.D. Jakes. Excuse me. And preach like T.D. Jakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and uh, I, I went to Nigeria and I put on... I, I, you remember it was those days where they, they had those long jackets... And I felt like, you know, I was in mission field preaching. I figured out, if I put this long jacket and I walk like this, the anointing will come down and people will be... I put it on and felt no anointing. I came back 
I had it one Sunday on. My wife said, take that silly thing from here, buddy. <laughs> I decided <laughs> I needed to be me. Amen. <laughs> I just have to be me. If you wanted me to talk like T.D. Jackson, then you make me do it. You create me that way. I went somewhere after, right after that. I saw this individual, you know, preaching. I mean, if you were standing out, you think T.D. Jakes was inside the house. And I walked and I said, wow, how did they get T.D. Jakes into this small church? It's wonderful. I got to hear T.D. Jakes. I went in and it was another fellow standing there preaching and doing all the stuff that T.D. Jakes did, does. And I sat down and I watched for a while. I said uh, to myself, well, I think uh, if I really want, I need to see the real thing. <laughs> I can't stay here like this. I can't listen to this. I want the real T.D. Jakes. <laughs> Amen. You just have to be yourself. Be yourself. God will use you just the way you are. And will do great things through you. Through the things you're comfortable with. That's what it means. And there are diversities of activities. The way God does these things is different. You don't pin him down. Let him move the way he wants to move. But you need to trust it. Amen. But he says it's the same God. Who works all in all. <coughs> Verse 7 is so crucial. It says, But the manifestation, that's the gifts, that's the word is used. Manifestation is the gifts of the Spirit. The, word, what, the reason why the word is used here, manifestation, is because it's not my gift. Okay? It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when He walks through me, He manifests Himself. Okay? So it's the gift of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through me. I am not the gift of the Holy Spirit. He has the gifts and he manifests the gift through me. You make sense? So the manifestation, it says here, the manifestation of the Spirit, that's the gift of the Spirit, is given to how many people? The pastor? Uh -huh. Pastor Angela? No, to each one, every single person. That's very spiritual. Is that what you read? No. He's given to every Christian for the profit of all. So the manifestation of the gift is for you. If you are a Christian, you can manifest the gift. You don't have to be a mature Christian. You can be saved today and in the evening, if you are well taught, you can manifest the gift. And sometimes those people are more powerful than those that have been Christians for long because no one is telling them that you have to pray in tongues for five hours before you can do this. You just tell them this is what to do. It says, really? Okay. And just tell them what to do and they just run with it. The gifts for everyone. This is the word of God. The manifestation of the Spirit, that the gifts of the Spirit is given to each one of you for the profit of all of us. So everyone has the gift. God will manifest the gift through you, but we all profit from the gift. It's not a strange thing for the body of Christ. We should all have the gifts of the Spirit working in our lives. He comes so natural you miss it. 
He comes so natural, you won't even know that this is God at work in your life until you see the result. Sometimes it's like you're playing. But it's the Holy Spirit doing it. And that's why we miss it. All we like to have is, ooh, I feel goosebumps. Mm. And then people do weird things, you know, just to draw attention to self, you know. <laughs> Who told you Jesus was shaking when he was doing miracles, you know? But that's what we like. Just for our, the benefit of our flesh. We like all of that stuff. Ooh. Oh. And you say, oh, the Holy Ghost is really moving. Why? Because that person is doing, oh. He may be hurting somewhere. You may not It's it's so simple we miss it. You understand what I'm saying? When God gives a gift, just like he gives you the gift of breathing, if you're healthy, he comes so natural. You don't have to struggle because when you struggle and you strive, then you're doing something. You understand what I'm saying? But when God gives his gifts, it's just by grace. You can't claim anything. You understand? That we always think we have to get to some place and do some things so that some things can happen and so others can say, he is very spiritual. I don't care what you think. That should be your attitude. But let God be at work. So no matter what he does, it's not in your thinking. You're not thinking about it. Ooh, I'm so this. You know, because you know where it's coming from. You understand the word. The gift, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to how many people? All of us. To profit. Let me put it this way, okay? <coughs> there is no one man that's the gift. I used to think this one has the gift of this and this one has the gift of that. My personal opinion, me personally, sometimes I can get so comfortable in a gift in my life, okay? And I tend to gravitate towards that. And God lets me do it. And so it appears as if that's my gift. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm, I'm free. I don't have any fear in that area. I'm willing to launch because I've been there before. So I'm willing to launch to do it all the time. And so everybody perceives that's God loves gift. Because he's always doing that. No, I'm just comfortable with that particular gift. Now let me say this to you, okay? Let's say if you consider somebody who you see, he has the gift of healing. Huh? Because God uses him in the gift of healing. He's comfortable with that. And now he's out of town. And he's the one that prays for people to be well. Now the gift of healing went to Colorado. And a sick man comes into church. And you say to him, you came in the wrong day. The gift of healing is in Colorado. He may be back two weeks from now. So watch out for the gifts of healing. When he comes back, you can come to church and get your healing. Is that the way God works? But, but that's the way we think. Ignorance. There is no gift of healing. He is very comfortable with that. He prays to God about that, okay? And God wants to use him in that 
because that's what he desires. The disciples prayed for that. They said, less signs and wonders. You know what I mean? And what did God do? He gave them signs and wonders. That's what God does. Amen? So there is no gift of healing. There is no gift of any kind of gift. It's God that gives the gifts to every one of us. Let me say this as I go into the gifts, and I'm going to introduce them. I'll go back next week. And I'm, I'm in a process of going through these teachings, and I will end up with a, uh, a healing service. And um, I don't know when that will be, but I, I have so confident God's going to heal. I don't care what you got. I don't care what you got. I don't care what you have. Because I believe God is bigger than sickness. God is bigger than whatever you call that sickness. Bring those who were sick, bring them in here, and let's trust God together. And pray for them. And I believe God's going to heal them. And He alone will get the glory. Because I'm letting you know the gifts belong to who? They belong to Him. And if you are available, He'll use you. you. Don't forget the story about the donkey, Jesus Saturn. Remember? And the people were coming out and they were screaming. You think the donkey starts thinking, boy, I must be really popular. Look, everybody's coming to see me. <laughs> it's because of the one sitting on you. Amen? It's not you. <laughs> so the gifts are there for us. We need to recognize them. I'm going to introduce the gifts of the Spirit according to, you can read all of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are three, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the gifts that we call manifestation of this Spirit. There are other spiritual gifts. There are office gifts. You'll find those, that, those in Ephesians chapter 4. There are also uh, gifts that are given to you that your, your natural gift, the way God created you, those gifts you can find from Romans uh, chapter 12. But we're talking about the manifestation gifts, or the, which the gifts we normally refer to as the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine of them. And the nine gifts are classified or into three categories, three categories of gifts. One, the first one, which we're very familiar with, is called the inspirational gift or vocal gift. In other words, somebody has to be speaking. Okay, that's, that's inspirational gift or vocal gifts. And that will include tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Those are vocal gifts. In other words, somebody is speaking to the church. Now, you need to understand this. The gifts of the Spirit, we talk about tongues. Tongues is not the prayer language. A lot of people get confused with that. They think, well, you have the gift of tongues and I have another gift. No. Tongues, your prayer language is something that you use in your home, in your closet to pray to God. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul started going into the gifts, he's saying, when you all come together in the church. So these are gifts that are manifested by the Holy Spirit only when people come together. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't understand this, you'll miss it totally. 
because you will think, okay, what's tongues then? An interpretation of tongues. Your tongues is given to you so you can pray at any time at home, at home, your office, inside your car, in the jungle, wherever you are. You can pray with your tongues. Everyone can do that. But then there is a special tongues that God gives to you when we come together in church for interpretation. I believe it was last Sunday or so, a brother gave a word in tongues, and then there was interpretation as well. That's what Paul says, when you come together, one has a tongue, one has a prophecy, and all of that. That's when you come together in a church format. That's what he's talking about. Not this man has the gift of tongues, and I have the gift of healing. No. That's not what we're talking about. These are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we got vocal gifts. We have tongues, interpretation of tongues. That's for the church service. It's a manifestation of God's Spirit and prophecy. Then we have what we call the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts, they are revelation gifts. They are called that way because they are revealing things supernaturally that cannot be known otherwise. And that includes words of wisdom, word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. These are revelation gifts. And then the last one is called power gifts. And power gifts includes the gift of faith. Gift of faith, that's not the faith that you and I have by studying the scriptures. This is a supernatural faith that's given to an individual for a particular reason. And once it's over, it goes. But that person has that supernatural faith. Everybody can be talking negative. This person has this supernatural faith. And uh, that faith stays with the person until the job is done. We're going to be coming to that. So that's faith. That's power gift because it accomplishes something that is obviously very supernatural. You can't explain it. So that's the power gift. Then you have the walking of miracles. Walking of miracles. Uh, when things happen so quickly, you see it right there. And then you have the gift of healings. Not healing, gift of healings. And we'll talk about that. The gift of healings is very different. I've seen ministers uh, around this country and around the world, they have a gift of healing that God operates through them. They're comfortable with that. And sometimes an awful minister, all he has, he can believe God for your back problem. Basically, if he says, I feel like praying for backs, if you have a back problem, you better get in that line because you're gonna be get, there's no way you won't get well. He can believe God in that so strongly. He says, I struggle with the other ones. You know, he said, I, I, I do this all the time. I just want to do something else. And God rebuked him. You got to do what I called you to do. So these things are very important. These are the gifts. But today I will start with the vocal gifts. Tongues is the same tongues that God gave to you. When you receive the Holy Spirit. But during a service, during a service, God will prompt you. And I'm giving this out so you know. And I expect you to do it when in a church service. 
when the musicians stop and there is a time, generally you know God is prompting you to speak out in tongue for interpretation. And he'll let you know somehow you need to speak in tongues and you'll feel it inside of you that you need to do that. Now, the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet so you can wait for the right time. Everything must be done in order and it should be done decently. So you wait for the right time and then you speak out in tongues. There's possibly the same tongues that God's given to you. Or God can use some other tongue. You speak, let him do the speaking. You speak, but he'll let you know somehow in your spirit that you need to give a word in tongues. And generally there is a person in the church that needs to hear it. So you stand up and you give out the word in tongues. You just speak it out as loud as you can. I don't really like when people mutter to themselves. <laughs> and it's called that speaking in tongues. That's good. But I, I like to make it loud. Let the devil hear it and I hear it. Amen. <laughs> I'm speaking in tongues. But you speak it out loud and then you wait. And God will prompt some other person to give the interpretation. That's the interpretation of tongues. One person speaks the tongue, another person interprets it. But also, God pauses if you can pray in tongues, speak in tongues in, to- in church for interpretation. Also, the best thing for you, if you, God has used you a few times in that, pray that you also interpret. Paul said, do that. Do that. Now, the third one, so we got tongues, we have interpretation of tongues. The third one is prophecy. Prophecy is you bypass tongues and you just say what God wants you to say in the known language. That's what it is. Now, I'm going to tell you what happens with regards to prophecy and interpretation of tongues. So you know what to expect. I needed that. Amen? I needed to know what to expect. Most of the time, my mind is somewhere else. I'm not listening. I got things I want to do in my mind. But if you wait, you can always expect that. And God will give to you. The next thing is, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Once God has put the word in your head, guess what comes? Fear. You don't want to do that, he says. What will they think about you? What if you start speaking and it doesn't make sense? What will pastor think about you? Who cares about what pastor thinks? If it's God. We're going to come to that. It's so important. God, what happens is, what makes people not to step out, is God has a way. He never tells you everything. You can spend five minutes begging him. Please tell me everything you want me to speak. He says, no, you say these few words I've given to you, and then I'll give you the rest. You know why? He wants you to walk by faith. So when it comes to interpretation of tongues, a man speaks the word in tongues, and you may hear just one word in your head. 
And he says, say that. <laughs> and you say, so you want me, God, to just say that? What? what? <laughs> then what? And he says, say that. <sighs> just that one word? No, I'm not going to. Tell me more. And you argue with him. You know what he does? He pass, bypasses you. He goes to another person. And he gives them the same word. He says, say that. And the person says it. And then other words come in. And then you timidly work. I, I got the same word that you spoke. I'll be quiet. Why didn't you say it? Fear. That's why Paul said, God has not given us the spirit of, but of power, of love, sound mind. Say it. My mind is sound. Yes, you got a sound mind. If your mind is not sound, you fear. <laughs> so there's no need to fear. Don't care what anybody thinks about it. If that's all he wants you to say, say it. It may mean something to somebody else. And they walk up to you and say, when you said that, that was for me. And you go, huh? Because it didn't make sense to you. That's why it's supernatural. Amen? So the word comes. When you, a word is given, a man prophesies, I mean speaks in tongues, and God gives you a word. And sometimes he'll give you the greatest hindrance. He'll give you something that you were thinking about before. And you say, oh, 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 uh, that's not the Holy Spirit. I thought about that yesterday. So I'm not going to say that. Well, why don't you start? Sometimes all it gives you is a scripture. Well, quote the scripture. Amen? You say, well, I knew that scripture. I memorized it last week. That's why it's coming to my head. This is not the Holy Spirit wanting me to speak. You don't have understanding. Speak the scripture and other words will follow. Amen? That's the important thing. We stop right here. Okay? We'll continue next week from where we stop. And I'll go, more, go further into this so you understand the gifts of tongues for service, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And I want you to do that in church. Amen? Forget about me and forget about all the pastors in the church. Do what God asks you to do. Amen? And I'm going to show you from God's word. God allows you to learn. I'm going to show you from Scripture. God's al God allows you to learn. So that what that means, if you're learning something, don't you make mistakes sometimes? Yeah, he allows for that. That's how gracious our God. And I'm going to show you the Scripture where God says, yeah, you can learn. You can learn. Amen? And every one of us can do that. The Bible wants you to desire that. Amen? And we're all rising. To where God wants us to be. How many want to join the, with the Holy Spirit to do that? Where God wants you. Because you gain understanding. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. All eyes closed. Heads bowed. You're here this morning and you're saying to yourself, God, I would like to be a part of that. But I don't feel so good about my relationship with you.
I really need to get everything right. God, would you hear me this morning? I want to come home. I want to give my life totally to you. I haven't done that totally, but I want to do that. You're here this morning, and that's what your heart is crying. Don't think about people. Forget people. Get right with your God so that he can do his work in your life. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I need you to join me in prayer. And I'm going to pray with you that God will touch your life, that things will begin to change for you. You're here this morning and you're saying, God, I want you to hear me today. And I'm guaranteeing you as we pray, God will hear from heaven. You're here today and say, God, I want to get everything right. Put your hand up quickly. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. God sees those hands. And he is forgiving you. I guarantee you by the power of the name of Jesus, I speak to you. He is forgiving you. And you can start afresh today. You can start afresh. Don't beat yourself about tomorrow, about yesterday. Forget about yesterday. Your tomorrow is going to be good. Because now you've brought God in. And God is with you. Because you've done what you've done today, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. No matter what you've done, he's there for you. He'll always be there for you. Just draw closer to him. And he'll show you himself. Father, you see those hands as they went up. I know you love them. And they love you. And they raised their hands to you today because they wanted you in their lives. They want you to be part of their lives. To take them to greater heights in life and in God. I pray for them, Lord, that they will feel your presence today. That your presence will go with them to their home. And as they sleep, Lord, you will give them visions of God. Visions of heaven. Your presence in their lives. I thank you for these that have honestly come to you today. I know you have received them. They are now part of your kingdom. And they can walk with you. And these gifts that we've spoken of today, they can be a part of that. And manifest the gifts strongly for the benefit of the kingdom of God. I pray for everyone, sharing my voice today, that your great hand will rest upon them for good. That you will show them how great your love is for them. And even in difficult times, that you were there. And that there is none greater than you are, O oh God. And that you take them to greater heights. And that you bless them. I speak blessings upon your lives today as they go. I speak goodness upon your lives today as they go. I speak your presence upon your lives today. Forever, O oh God. I speak mercy upon your lives today as they leave this place. They'll never go out of your presence. Thank you, Father, for these lovely saints of yours. Those that you have gathered to yourself. They are so precious to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.